I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. I'm Francis Ellis, joined by Julio Gallarotti. Hi, Julio. What's up, dude? How are you? I'm good, man. I don't know if this just came to my mind. Oops! The Podcast, OTP. You down with OTP? Yeah, you know me. <laughs> someone someone sent that uh, OTP to me. They made that sort of a similar joke, actually, in my, in oh, my really? DMs. Um, it's a pretty good one. OTP, <laughs> is yeah, it? you know me. Multiple people are saying it to you? I don't know if it's yeah. that good. Well, and also, OTP, is, for me, was always o- outside the pants. Oh, job, funny. Uh, OTP. Which, you know, not ideal. But um, <laughs> it's something. Good to, good to be something. here. I met your parents. Francis met my parents yesterday. How meet big the is parents. That? That's big. Meet the parents. Two the and parents a half years in have took- been met. Yeah, you wouldn't let me meet him for the first two and a half years of us <laughs> doing this, but finally, Julio caved. He's afraid of commitment, and now we're fully uh, locked and loaded. We've taken the next step in our relationship. Your parents were living legends to me. So we've talked so much about them, um, and I had definitely I had these predisposed sort of notions about who what they would be like, and. For some reason, I fully expected your dad to have a very thick Italian accent. Oh, that's funny. But he doesn't at all. Yeah, neither of my parents do. No. Yeah. So when he spoke perfect, fluent English, I kept thinking, wow, good for him. <laughs> uh, he's done. He's really learned this. He's really nailed this. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. I mean, I think it's probably because of how Italian his name is. I, you also told me that. You know, you t- we talk about your Italian heritage and its mm-hmm. proximity to you. Uh, so I just assumed that he had a- an accent. No, it's true. So it's funny. It, they don't sound like immigrants, but they definitely behave like them, if that makes sense. And I mean that in a good way. Like they, they are very, they act very Italian, both of them yeah. in practice. But yeah, they, they don't really have, my mom has a little bit of like a New York twang, mm. if you really listen closely, but my dad does not. Your parents, your parents are what you know. Young women often describe as adorable. <laughs> they are adorable. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. How young women are always like, "Oh, those, your parents are adorable." That's funny. That's funny. They are adorable. They are such a great pair. They came to my comedy show uh, at in. Well, I guess it's it's not technically Hartford. It's really. Manchester. Manchester. It's in the Buckland Hills Mall. Manchester, New ha- uh, Connecticut. Manchester, New Connecticut. It's so frustrating. There's so many Manchesters. Yeah, that's one there's of those. Manchester, New Hampshire. There's a Manchester, Massachusetts. There's Manchester, Connecticut. All these neighboring states. It might be one of those names that like most states have one, like yeah. Middletown or Lebanon. I guess it makes sense. Yeah. Um, so we we I met them after the show in the hallway of this comedy club and had this amazing sort of uh first conversation that i think all of us had been eagerly anticipating you had had given me your dad's phone number uh to sort of connect with him and um i i you know so i I was texting with him before the show (laughs) i texted him before the show and I said, hey, Mr. Gallerati, it's Francis. Thanks so much for coming. Very excited to meet you guys after the show. And he responded and said, Francis, this is Big G. <laughs> Julio is Little G. <laughs> you know, looking forward to it or something. And uh, Because he's a professor. Yeah. So there are so who knows how to address him? It could be Dr. Gallerati, because yeah. he's got a PhD, right? Yes, he does. Yeah. Or it could be Professor Gallerati. I, I went with Mr. Gallerati, which felt totally in you know, too informal, even though it is formal. And then he I love that he corrected me with big G. Dude, so it's funny. Like there's he's a mechanic or a, <laughs> a tattoo artist or something. There's different kinds of sort of like professor pro rough professor profiles. There's the one that they like don't operate in the wild that well. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. like not fun. They're rigid. Maybe they, they lean into the doctor title 
Then there's sort of like the aloof professor who's sort of like his shit has fallen out of his bag. I would say he, he's not that, but he definitely falls more in line with that. Mm. And he's also the professor that like my friends, dads would be like, do you know that guy's a professor? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. He like writes books and shit. Not like he that, was, he's a professor at Harvard, right? I don't know. Columbia. He, I don't Columbia. think, he, I don't know if the Harvard thing has happened yet. I'm not really sure what the update is. Oh, about. okay. But he's currently teaching at Columbia and Wesleyan. Uh, he might be on sabbatical at Wesleyan, but he's still doing his Columbia classes. Super cool. Um, so they, so we're there. We, you know, now this, this was the interesting part. For the most part, my set is very palatable for a, a parent, um, which they commented on, by the way, yes. and were impressed by. However, um, when I do the music, when I play the keyboard and do some of my songs at the end of my show, there is one song in particular. That is absolutely disgusting. <laughs> it is so vulgar. Um, it is this weird love song about a guy not knowing where he should ejaculate. Uh, fall, you know, at the end of sex, and basically, it's the most descriptive, preposterous sort of song about about that, and. <laughs> I this the show was intimate enough that I had an eye line to your parents the whole time. <laughs> and there was a moment in this song where your mom put her hand <laughs> over her eyes to shield herself from from the evil that I was spewing. <laughs> and I'm watching her and I'm trying to keep it together, but I'm so I feel so bad. Dude, she's a good sport. She definitely was. She she has a, she's a good laugher too. Yeah, they were they were so on board. That's funny though. They were such good <laughs> laughers. But I it, I really I wanted to stop the song and just apologize to them and let them know that I maintained a decent grade point average through college. Uh, all these things, you know, that I'm a, I'm a good boy. I'm a good boy for their son and. Um, but you know they were they were great sports and uh, and then last thing you know your dad uh, I was very impressed with his insights after the show which I mentioned to you yeah yeah um, he 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 sort of you know offered me some some really nice all totally complimentary uh, insights about my act but w that were very informed sort of very uh industry insider speak mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm. your crowd Buzzwords. work was very was very uh very quick and in you know you brought us into it he he kind of reviewed my act from the, from the standpoint of somebody who's clearly taken a keen interest to comedy and to me that speaks of your parents deep interest in your career interesting because there's no other way that they would know that right 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 and yeah. um i was very touched by that that's very nice yeah. It's very nice. Have they come and seen you a lot? Yeah. Over the years, you know, at least a dozen times. Wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, they're pretty cool. Like my dad likes to brainstorm a little <laughs> too much, maybe. Like he'll be like, yeah, man. And like, I know when he's going into joke mode, cause he just starts throwing swear words in there. Yeah. He's yeah, like, you know, yeah. man, what the fuck, man? <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. It's funny and it's fine. But no, I, I hearing you say that gave me like an appreciation for that. It's true. I like <clears throat> maybe take that for granted, but they're definitely good sports. My mom's a good laugher. I've never sort of felt weird doing material in front of them. And they're never like afterward. They're not like that thing you said, you know, they've never done yeah. that. So it's cool. And also my, it's funny. My dad was calling to give me the play by play a little bit. He's like, yeah, man, it's funny. Like when two people that, you know, really well meet each other, they always both give you a recap, uh -huh. which is always uh -huh. a fun, it's always a fun thing. So my dad got to me first and he's like, yeah, man, Francis, he's like, you know, his material He's like, he's pretty, pretty clean. You know, like he's like, I was really impressed. You know, it's hard to do that. He's like the, you know, the Harvey Weinstein song. And yeah. the, he was like doing a recap and uh, they had a great time, dude. They appreciated it. Guys. If you're thinking about starting a podcast, fill in the blanks here. If I were in a concert right now and I said, if you're thinking about starting a podcast, I'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell, Anchor, Anchor. And then you'd say, go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast, see all the best analytics. You could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony. It's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. 
and you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, Anchor.fm, download it now. You know, it it, it, it strikes me that I have um, I've probably kept my parents somewhat at arm's length from my career, especially uh, when I was at Barstool, because it, it's it's a strange thing to bring your elderly parents into all of a sudden your world of of swinging for the fences comedically. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And, and, yeah. and got, so I always felt like I needed to ease them Swing in the fences. And, and, and sort of, you know, give them little droppings until they were finally, I didn't want to just drop them into the cold tub of, you know, dick jokes and sex jokes and vulgarity and all of this. Um, and so they're, they're definitely not as uh, fluent in the, the language of comedy as, as your parents are. Interesting. Um, and I think part of that, that 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 it's something that's always been hard for me is i guess being a little embarrassed or being a little worried that the the more i let my parents be part of my comedy career i i guess maybe i feared they might be a little embarrassed by some of the choices i was making comedically but the reality is that i think usually if we're lucky our parents are their their pride in what we're doing will overshadow any you know, sort of judgment that they might render against uh, the, our, our topic choices. And we have to let our parents be proud. Um, that is their birthright as parents. Totally, totally. But I, are, I, you're I, saying you were sort of like shielding them from it, you know, I, I've worrying so that maybe as, they wouldn't be proud? I've gone so far as to tell them, like, don't listen to the podcast or... Uh, huh. You know, I, I used to tell them not to listen to the radio show or not to not to try to read my work at Barstool because I worried they might not get it. Um, or, you know, I think I think some of the stuff and I mean, I you know, I, I was always I was always towing the line of controversy and I just didn't want them to think less of me based on what I did as work. So I tried to silo my work from them and say, yeah. like, this is a character. This is not who I am. I guess I always worried they they would think less of me, but the truth is that all they ever wanted was to sort of share it with me and and, and be proud of me. And uh, mm. I don't know, man. It, it it it's a it's a tough thing for me, uh, and I feel bad about it, to be honest. Whereas it sounds like you've got a, a total open channel between you and your parents when it comes to what you do for work. Um, yeah, no, I think so. But I it, but there's a different there's some differences. Like I, you know. I never had a sort of like bar stool kind of situation. You know what I mean? Where it was like, and also like you have this like gray area of like, it's almost like a character, some of your stuff. Yeah. And, and like, and, and also not, but you know what I mean by that? Like yeah. sometimes you're like, I was completely joking and, but like people don't get it. Like you said, like when, or whatever, like example, the Idaho thing, like, the what was that again? I don't know. You blogged something and the people oh, got annoyed. Yeah. You. Like you're joking. It. It's like satire. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So like I get that more. I don't like really do that. So I, I don't know. Like I don't think there's as much to get lost in translation with me, maybe as with yeah. you. Um, I, I get what you're saying. So I, I I think that if I were do if I had done what you were doing up until this point more, maybe I would have a different spin on how I handled it too. Yeah. I don't know. You know, it's this. It, it's something we've talked about a bunch, but I guess I guess part of uh, in, in that I've gotten in trouble many times for talking about real people in my life, um, in my work, or writing about them, and then them finding out about it and being, you know, hurt or offended that I would not protect their privacy. I think part of me trying to prevent people in my life who I love from reading or following my work is to enforce that distance, that cognitive dissidence uh, between what I do and, and them. And then of course it all comes crashing down anyway, because all right. So did I tell you about the time my dad went and, and like guest lectured or spoke at a, at a college? Yeah. Main, yeah. And then afterwards he, asked the students if they knew yeah, who I was. Yes. 
But dude, it, that's just proof that he's proud of you. You know. I know, but it made me very angry. Yeah. And yeah. I and I and I and the reason it made me angry was because um, our parents are only proud of us. You know, they don't they don't really. He probably is not aware that there were there are definitely some people in that room of students who don't like me. Right, right. Who don't like my work, who might be offended by what I've written or the fact that I wrote for Barstool or anything I've said. And I want him to be more careful. And it's it's a strange and hard thing to t- to tell your parents, don't let people know that I'm your son. Let me ask you this. Since you have taken the leap from Barstool to sort of do your own thing. Do you feel that that has changed at all? Yeah, I do. I do. But I also think like, it's you, like that's taken what I'm saying. me like, this many years to clean up my act. So, but here's the question though. Like to what degree is it you cleaning up your act? And to what degree is it sort of like guilty by association and that those guys, like the people over there, guys and girls, they tend to just be a little bit more controversial, love them or not. Or... Is it like being in that environment fueled you to be more controversial or is it none of those things? It's, it's so hard to know. I, I can't blame Barstool at all. And I'm, um, not, I'm not blaming them no, either. No, I know. I, I, like, I, I, I think that when I was there, I was a younger man. <laughs> yeah. And I was just desperate to, to, to do anything that resonated and to, to climb. You know, I was desperate. Yeah for airtime for relevance Dude. to to strike a chord with the audience i was so desperate for that that i was i was taking big big swings big cuts uh, dude. aaron really, judge baby yeah i was every every single blog every moment every radio show it was a you know a 3-0 count i was <laughs> i had, had the, the green gr- light I was ignoring the third base coach and just saying <laughs> Here we go. This is here. Go, this ball is going to the moon. And um, you know, I think uh, in many ways that that like worked. Um, but of course, your misses are just that much more. Yeah, there's so much more collateral. And um, now I've learned that there's a little more nuance. I can be a little more uh, strategic and surgical uh, with, with with my choices comedically and. Uh, it's just a lot less stressful to be honest. Yeah, no, totally. That makes sense. And dude, I, it's funny. Like I, I will occasionally certain circle back to my old notes to see if there's like anything I missed that I can still use and find one once in a while. But like the amount of jokes that are just like, dude, you know, when you're banging a chick, yeah. like from when I was like yeah. 23, yeah. just started doing comedy and it's just like shit that isn't that funny. And I'm like, I, I completely relate yeah, to it's it. It's all, you know, you know, you, you, you want a reaction. You, you, you just want to laugh instead of the right laugh uh yeah and, yeah and that just comes with time um but totally, man. you know you get old dude you get older you get a little more cautious mm-hmm. and like <laughs> you get older you get a little more cautious and you realize you know you need to take steps to protect yourself yeah in case something bad happens and that's why dude there's big news from our favorite home security company baby oh is that what it is simply okay. safe yeah, they just simply la- safe. <laughs> they yeah. just launched their new wireless outdoor security camera did they that okay. is correct the system that u.s news and world report names the best home security system of 2021 of 20 okay good for them so that just has just gotten even better because this brand it. new outdoor security camera is engineered with all the advanced tech and security features that you want and need to keep you and your family safe, dude. Sick. Really high-tech, cool stuff, ultra-wide, 140-degree field view, 1080p HD resolution with an 8x zoom. Mm-hmm. That's how you can make Is that the neighbor? You yeah. Hit that, you hit that touch screen four times there. There he is. Dude, I want... Digging through our trash again. I, I'm going to get a Simply Safe home security system, not necessarily to protect myself because I'm not worried, but... More because, you know, I'm missing out on all these incredible videos of, like, bears wandering up (laughs) your stoop and, like, sniffing your Amazon packages or, you know, some the mailman, like, picking his nose as he drops off your wedding save the dates or something. Dude, it's very I need those clips. Dude, Chris DiStefano posted an incredible clip of him falling in his driveway. It's the funniest thing I've ever seen. It's really funny. A hundred times. And I don't have that because I don't have the Simply Safe yet. I know, dude. So to learn more about the exciting new Simply Safe wireless outdoor security camera, visit simplysafe.com/oops 
And what's more, Simply Safe is celebrating this new camera by offering 20% off of your entire new system and your first month of monitoring service for free when you enroll in interactive monitoring. Again, simplysafe.com slash oops. Love it. Um, well, dude, I got I got something really okay, quick. Okay. Just to finish this chapter. Yeah, so yeah. Parents are done. But I drove to Albany, did the show, drove home. <clears throat> and, and I wasn't planning to. Oh, really? I was planning to spend the night at a $100 hotel in Albany. And then the next morning, wake up, mosey on over to Hartford, do the show oh, there, interesting. and then drive home. Inter- quick question. Quick question about this. Because Chris was like, can you believe Francis drove back from Albany? I remember I did a show there with Lisa Traeger like five years ago or something. And I remember driving up and back in the same day. And I probably just forgot how far it was. How long is that drive? It's not bad. It's two hours and 40 minutes. Okay. It's, it's not, not bad. That bad, yeah. No, I mean, it took me three hours to get there. I stopped in a beautiful town called Hudson. Oh, dude, it's gorgeous. Oh, my God. Gorgeous. You want to talk about America. Gorgeous. These these main streets. Gorgeous, man. With their, their you know, there's flags on the storefronts. Lots of good antiquing. Lots of good hiking. Spiral candy cane sign. Dude, it's fire. It's a, t- it's a place out of time. Yeah. Anachronistic. Ooh. That's an good. anachronistic street in America. You could very easily <laughs> picture. Um, you could very easily picture this street bustling in the 1960s with a soda shop. S H O P P E. Dude, totally. And uh, you know, people going to get milkshakes and sharing a sharing a milkshake with two straws. The milkman leaving the milk. Morning, Charlie. Yeah. yeah. And then finding out that he's having an affair with your mother. <laughs> That's sort of a thing. You know, it's it's that that it's stuff that didn't happen back then. Classic Americana street that has not changed much. I mean, I suppose it has now. You know, they've got um the Eisenhower era, dude. Yeah. No one yeah. ever really attributed like I picture the fifties as being that time. That's a that's a better that's a better decade, I you, think. You're d- right. Did you say a different decade? No, I said sixties. Uh, I think the fifties. No, no. Le- like part of the sixties started to get weird, but like the early sixties probably must have still yeah. been like that, right? Classic cars. Uh, people hanging out their windows, cat call, wolf whistling at women who are wearing like dresses past their ankles. Like, look at that scandalous little floozy over there. It's like she's very conservatively dressed. Um, but you know, you, you could you could place yourself in in a Fourth of July parade on that street. I stood in the middle of the street totally. and turned both ways, and it it was just it was so cool. And uh, I love that area, man, the Hudson Valley. That is that's a gleaming sort of preserved place for me. So I drove up there, I drove back, uh, and then I drove back because of something that you told me that you and Ricky Velez had talked about. Ooh. Which is that if you're within three hours of home, you on a road weekend, you should always drive home. Dude, interesting. And this is a new development in my life. <laughs> because I used to just always spend the night at that $100 hotel. <laughs> yeah, dude. And... Sleeping in bed is worth it, man. First of all, I I stopped at a truck stop on the way home at, you know, 11 o'clock. The only thing open was a Burger King. And you know me. Do you guys have any grilled chicken? I don't eat. Yes, (laughs) Jimmy Quinoa. Uh, I don't eat that. And so I barely even knew what to order, but they had the impossible Whopper. Oh, yeah. Uh, Shout out Noah's pet mini pig. <laughs> also named Impossible That's Whopper. That's hilarious. No. And there it was. And I ordered an Impossible Whopper. I ordered some chicken fries or something. And oh uh, yeah, my grandma used to eat those. I eat these things, these. and uh, it was probably tasted pretty good. But you know, as the drive wore on, it, I could just feel it. I could feel its radioactive half life <laughs> decaying in my stomach, <laughs> melting into the ground with its weapons grade plutonium <laughs> not having cooled properly because <laughs> <laughs> the Chernobyl roof had blown off of this meal I'd eaten. So, um, Peace, you know, for peaceful purposes. Yeah, not great. But I got home and I woke up in my bed and it was the right call. It was the right call. I cannot tell you the value of sleeping in your own bed and waking up in your own bed it just it's great man it just it really is. centers you as a comedian and speaking of ricky velez uh our pal go yeah. check out his hbo special yeah it's called here's everything it's awesome uh really fucking funny really fucking solid it's his first special it's our special it's awesome it's amazing uh, produced by Jenna apatow it's it's great check it out so sick 
Okay, but to finish this, you know, then I then I drove to Albany the next night, and then and that was four hours because of traffic, and then I drove home another like two and a half from Albany. That was where I met. Excuse me, not Albany, Hartford. Mm-hmm. That's where I went the, the next day, and that's where I met your parents. And um, you know, all this time in the car, I when I'm driving, I drove like I don't know, thirteen hours in two days. It's a lot of driving, yeah. Um, by myself. And I occupied a lot of that time by calling people. Dude, are you going to tell them about the funniest thing of all time? Yes. That's Francis I... has come up with one of the funniest things of all so, time. Okay, so I'm calling people <laughs> and, you know, I, this this is proof, proof per, uh, what's the term? Proof. Is in the pudding? Proof positive <laughs> of, yeah, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. <laughs> that's fine too. I like Which, the by the way, do not understand that saying. No. <laughs> What's, What's in, in the, the I'm looking pudding. at the pudding, dude. Has anyone I see ever nothing. found like dental records of a murder in <laughs> a cup of Snackwell's chocolate pudding? The proof is in the pudding. What that it's it's brown and also chocolate <laughs> flavored. <laughs> like this, yeah. Like what is that? It's the color of the flavor. Yeah, that's funny, nobody's dude. ever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Anyhow, so uh, I'm calling people, and sometimes they won't pick up. But so then I'll just move on to the next person I want to catch up with. Proof is in the pudding that Julio and I are actually <laughs> friends because we we podcast constantly, and yet I call. He's the first person I call when I'm on a road trip or whatever, and we just talk for you know 45 minutes or whatever. And so I call I call one kid. Uh, he doesn't pick up, uh, and then I call Julio, uh, and the, it's Luke Marcus. We've talked about yeah. him. But we, you know he'd be fine with me mentioning him. He's the kid I used to tutor, became very close with. Now he's uh, training to become a Marine pilot, uh, a fighter pilot in the Marine Corps. He's incredible. He's doing all his flight training. So I called Julio because Luke didn't pick up. But then as I'm on the phone with Julio, Luke calls me, and I decide to just merge the calls. (laughs) So it was the opposite. You were talking to Luke, and I called you, and then you merged the calls. I merged the calls. Which is hilarious and i just said i'm gonna start doing this if i am on the phone with anyone and someone else calls me you know within reason i'm going to merge the calls i'm going to non-consensually create a group phone call dude because it it, to me what what better way to bring the world together it's really funny dude how funny is that it's really forced two people who don't really know each other to get on a phone call with each other it's really funny and i i think i've decided this is a new thing i want to do dude it's great (laughs) it's it was right there yeah fortunately julio and luke do know each other a little bit yeah have you have you met we met on your like uh oh the the, happy happy hour hour we did on the patreon yeah uh so yeah so julio knows about him and and we we talked for a little bit it was really nice and uh then one of them got off but man i'm telling you this is a fun game it's funny it's a fun and funny game just bring two people onto a call together because when that second person comes in they're like hey what's up dude and then you're like oh you're on with this other guy that you kind of know they're like oh hey and then that guy's like hey <laughs> yeah it definitely helps to have the surprise merge e be yeah. somebody with a good sense of humor <laughs> <laughs> you know i was the perfect candidate for oh, the for the beta tester it was really fun it's really fun <laughs> Yeah. Uh, dude, really give that funny. a shot. Dude, when we talk on the phone, it's funny. I think that the way that Francis and I talk on the phone is like the way that people who are, quote, business partners should talk to each other on the phone. Mm-hmm. Talk about a little business, make some joke about our old ball and chain. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, the wife's out of town. <laughs> talk a little bit shit about some people. Yeah, talk, yeah just in per, pure comedian fashion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's always a nice time. Yeah. It was great, though. Man. The, the lost art of the phone call, uh, when you really kind of wrap yourself in phone calls for a couple hours and reconnect with people, slows life down a little. Dude, it's great. You know? It's great. When I used to, when I was biking around LA, uh, which losing I've, hundreds of pounds. Losing hundreds of pounds when I talked about this, uh, I just used to be on the phone the whole time, calling everybody so I know. Cool. It was so fun. Yeah, it's great. So, anyway, that was my, uh, that was my week. Um, 
let's let's switch to something that you want to talk about. Well, dude, so I have like a fucking a little bit of a snaggle tooth. Oh, do you? Have you noticed that? You can tell better from some angles. Being an on-camera person, you know, you really see it when uh, you're, you know, they do a close-up. Now they're fucking they're shooting 4K, whatever. So, like, I'll notice it. And I'm like, eh. But then, like, I'll be watching a movie, and I notice that, like, a lot of, like, dramatic actors don't have perfect teeth all the time. Mm. It gives them a little bit of character. You know what I mean? It's not like everybody out there is Mario Lopez have a perfect fucking yeah, set of chompers. You know what I've learned is that the 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 the... <laughs> The worse your teeth are, the better you better be at acting. That's really funny. That's Do you know so what I true. mean? That's so true. Everyone's like, well, Philip Seymour Hoffman made it in Hollywood. And it's like, well, he was the best actor, actor of our ever. generation. Yeah, that's true. It was really true. Um, that's hilarious. But anyway, dude, I, I had like try, I had tried sort of like a, you know, invisible whatever situation at one point. And like a bunch of listeners, thank you all, emailed me. And I don't want to like slander this company, but. They were like, don't use that company. Like, I have patients coming in with their teeth falling out because of it. Oh, God. And I was like, holy shit. So then I, I stopped, got my money back, and I've never revisited it. Nice. But, dude, we're working with a new company. Who are we? That specializes in this kind of shit. So Excellent. I want to, if anybody else is thinking about getting your teeth fixed, uh, you should check this out. Because there's, there's a specialist for everything, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you need a specialist when you're doing specialized work, right? If there's a problem with your fucking windows, whatever. Uh, so when you want to get your uneven, crooked teeth fixed, you see an orthodontist right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Specialists. And that's what sets candid, the invisible, comfortable and removable aligners above the rest. Oh, candid. Okay. Yeah. Like, right. Like, dude, while poorly reviewed or insanely priced clear aligner companies use like general dentists, candid only works with orthodontists. Oh. They're actual orthodontists. It's not like, oh, orthodontist Ray with a, yeah. and it's some different degree after. Yeah. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. It just makes me feel much more confident to be honest. I don't know. So, I don't know. Candid can help you get the straighter, brighter smile you've always wanted. Right now, you can get started from home for just $15 with the Candid Starter Kit. Or you can book an appointment at a Candid studio near you today. So, go to candid.co slash oops. Use the code oops. That's candid.co slash oops. Promo code oops. Take advantage of this limited time offer, $15 starter kit. Uh, and let us, know, let us know if you like it. I'm going to try this because... Um Ever since I got into that fist fight with that lobsterman up in Maine. <laughs> Your shit's a little fucked up. Well, he pushed my teeth in. Quite literally. Uh, the, I mean, oh, I you, see. They go, well, I can't the, the front two, it's, it's, it's not so noticeable, but the front two are, are set back a little bit. And then these ones are coming at, come out more. Oh, and it had to do, when he punched, when he punched me 12 times Jesus in the face, Christ. This, this tooth became very loose. Which, it's by still, the way, having a loose tooth as an adult is a very scary situation. Dude, teeth are so stressful. It's super sc scary because you, you think, well, I'm not supposed to lose this tooth. Yeah, right. I'm really not yeah. supposed to lose this tooth. But interestingly, it reset itself. That's crazy. It re-hardened in my gums somehow. It's like a tree after a hurricane that's roots become a little loose, but then it I don't know, re, re embeds itself, I guess. I don't know if that's true. Dude, I, I'm still looking for a new dentist, if, by yeah. the way. Do you have a dentist? I do. Maybe, yeah. I'll, maybe I'll ask for your recommendation. Yeah, after. they're pretty good. They're Dude, pretty it's funny. Good. My dad, not to keep talking about this, but this <laughs> really cool. Go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> what? Have I said this before? What? You want to do something really, really, uh, like this is a prank yes, you up your level? You have. Maintain eye say. contact with, <laughs> with, your, the with, your, with your tooth cleaner through <laughs> for as long as you can. That is the yeah, most scared. uncomfortable thing you could possibly do. It's so intimate. <laughs> They're so close to your face. The only reason that you should ever maintain eye contact with someone that close to your face is if you're about to make out with them. <laughs> anyway, keep going. Darn. And even then, hopefully, you'd make the move. Yeah. Because you know you don't have that much time to just stare them down. Are you going to kiss me or what, dude? Yeah, exactly. Um, dude, I, can, I, I just always think of that sort of when Kevin James goes in for that yeah, yeah. iconic Hitch. kiss with a Allegra. Allegra Cole. Allegra Cole. And he just puckers up and goes. Yeah. And she's like into it. It's like, dude. What a great movie. It's such a good fucking what movie. What a great movie that is. I've, I might watch that this week. I've watched that so many times that I, I couldn't watch it again. But I it's bet if really I did watch it again, I would appreciate it more. So funny, dude. Um, well, dude, another comedy topic that I want to talk about real quick. Mm. So 
this is a thing that maybe people might not know, but it's a comedy thing for sure. And you'll be like, oh God, I hate that too. If you're doing a show on the road, right? You're headlining in Albany. There's a traditional format there. It's like the host, then there's a guy who goes before you usually, and then you go and do your thing and that's it. So in that situation, if someone's like, all right, you're headliner, that makes sense. When you're in New York City and it's a normal show where there's seven comedians and you're just happen to be going last and they say, you guys ready for your headliner? That is such an annoying thing. I know. Especially depending on the circumstance. What were you going to say? Well, they have to do that. Why? Because they shouldn't be doing that. So I used to produce shows at Gotham, the lower, the downstairs room. And we would say that as a way of fooling the audience into gathering the last ounces of energy they had. Interesting. Interesting. I never thought of that. It's a way of, of sort of fooling them into thinking, Oh, the best comedians going last. Uh, okay, I still think that's that juice isn't worth the squeeze of just like having to do that to the last comedian. Yeah, but but it doesn't change the expectations of the audience so much as to think, oh, everyone who came before was an opening act. It's more to just get everyone to sort of refocus after you know signing their checks. Uh-huh. Or whatever, and just to say, like, buy back in, we've got one right. final comedian. So I would argue that you get that same bang for your buck by saying, guys, we have the last comedian of the night. You guys ready? You guys have been great. Last, co- like, I think you get just as much yeah. off of that. Because I don't know. I, I rem- yeah, I remember we, we used to, I was told this whole concept by my co-producer back then, uh, Alex Barnett, and uh, it, it was a trick he'd employed, and I thought, oh, that is, that's kind of, that makes sense. You used to do that show with him? He and I hosted a produced a show together downstairs. Are you serious? He produced like five shows. I know that he he was the downstairs Gotham guy, dude. That's really funny. That guy was okay when I started comedy. That guy was like in this group, and like when you start comedy, I don't know. I didn't know shit about comedy when I started comedy. So I was with this running around with this the group of guys, and I just thought these were the only comedians, guys and girls. Uh And this he was the first guy who got booked for road work. He got booked to like host these like clubs that aren't even that good. But at the time, you're like. Oh my God, Alex Barnett. So Alex Barnett became the model of how to like make it in comedy interesting. in this little bubble that we were in. Yeah. I, I, interesting. I owe a lot to him actually. He, um, he, when I, when I was going down the path of law school and thought my comedy career was over, you know, after trying for like a year and a half. Um, and then I withdrew from law school. He was the first guy who started who put me on a couple of his shows with no bringer expectation, just said, Mm -hmm. come do a spot or whatever. And that those shows were the ones that sort of reinvigorated my desire to keep going in comedy after this whole life switch to law school. How long did you guys do that show together? (sighs) A couple of years. Crazy. A couple of years, probably. That's wild, bro. Well, dude, anyway, so this story, I was doing a show and the guy before me is just fucking murdering. Like, Kareem Green. You know Kareem Green? Mm-mm. Anyway, he's a very funny guy. And he's, you know, he's up there crushing. And the crowd is loving it. He And, and so then he gets off stage. And then they're like, are you guys ready for your headliner? And I'm like, God damn it. Like, he was just murdering. <laughs> and like, everybody's just going to be like, this guy is not the headliner. The why, headliner why would they say that? Good. I get that. They're mad at me now. And like, I did fine, but like, I did not do as well as he did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, and yeah. it is what it is, but I was just kind of like, God damn it. Dude, that's fucking Interesting. Annoying. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all a, a ploy, you know, to keep the audience, uh, into it. I yeah, think. for sure. Um, I got some, I got a question for you. Hit it. Okay. When you go to a party, a house party and you bring a gift Mm -hmm. whether it's a bottle of booze or as you often do a pizza Pizza. yeah (laughs) is it all right for you to finish your gift oh interesting it it can be it just depends dude like there's a lot of pizza you know if you happen to eat the last slice i think it's probably fine let's I with, think it's, with pizza, it's a different application. Let's say with pizza, it would be like, is it would it be all right for you to eat five of the eight slices? <laughs> no. And, but I would argue that the other way around is worse. Like bringing a gift that you don't intend to use because you want to use the better stuff that's yeah. at the party. Like bringing beers and then intending not to drink them at all. 
that is a worse look than like having the last drop of tequila that you brought. Oh, okay. So hold on a second, because this is interesting to me. So you're saying if you brought beers, a six pack of beers to a party and you didn't have a single one yourself, that's a bad look? I think so. Why? You bought the cheapest thing on purpose with no intention to drink it. What if it's what if it's really nice beer though? Okay. If it's really nice beer, fine. It that changes it a little bit. But again, I think that like why would you bring something to a party that you're not putting your personal stamp on? Something that you don't even like or that you're not intending to have because you're looking at the better shit that's already there. You have but to it, at least have some of your thing. Okay. Huh. Unless it's a bottle of wine and you're like, ooh, like, yeah, and you want to save it for yourself. Well, okay. So, and there's so, other so wine. This, this, this begs this question. I mean, there's so many ways to go with this. And this is why I'm, I'm so curious about this. Let's say you brought a bottle of wine to a party, mm -hmm. right? And they opened it, but, you know, only one of the four glasses were consumed at the party. Would you take that bottle of wine home? No. So you would leave a, a three quarters full bottle of wine at the house of the people, even though you're looking around and the place is totally, you know, there's just excess everything. People have left all kinds of stuff for this poor couple to no. clean up and try to get through. It's a bad look. Unless the couple's like, dude, please take this back with you. We have so much. We like, and, and it was great. And that could even be offensive. When we, when we host parties, the amount of like white claws, coronas, and stuff that we have to find space for. It's a good problem to have. Is, well, kind of. Dude, it, but it's your it's your problem, and it should be like as the host of the party. You now have extra alcohol. Deal with it. But we're not gonna casually drink it ourselves, so we end up just keeping this room temperature beer and fucking white claw until the next party, which is gonna happen soon. Yeah, but then we have that party, and people bring more. Great. So you, dude, it's so much better to have like extra than to have nothing, and like it, like people taking their own shit. Like, great. Maybe there's some practical use for that. But like, it's not worth violating sort of like the unwritten rules of partying. Here's here's my point. IMO. I would rather that guests bring things that they know that we as hosts might enjoy in our own time once the party is through. That I feel like that is potentially too big of an ask. Okay, but I, I'm not talking about from an expense standpoint. I know, I know. I'm saying bring us a bottle of rosé. You know, and if you don't have any and you leave that in our fridge, no problem. Or up a nice bottle of $30, $25 bottle of red wine, white wine. We'll have that. Totally. We'll have that. But dude, it's so, that's such a hard thing to like gauge. Like, what do they have? Like, what are they into these days? You know what I mean? Because that changes but inevitably. You, you can, you can guess with some safety. Uh, you know, it's, it's much more likely that we as a couple will really enjoy the fact that there are some extra nice bottles of red wine lingering around after the party as opposed to, you know, 14 untouched six packs of Corona. Okay, so I think that there's there's a the thing here is like if it's hard to sort of bring those two together as the perfect thing to bring because it it would just take a ton of work that doesn't seem necessary. It's like they're bringing something for the party, not for Francis. Whereas if it's just a gift for you, in my opinion, it makes it different yeah, than bring something for the party that's good for the party. And if you end up having extra extra inventory, you know. Okay. So so see what I'm doing here? Yes. This is a finger <laughs> the Venn, diagram. Venn diagram with my fingers. Okay. This space here is yeah. stuff for the party. This space here is stuff that Fran and Sierra would like. Yes. In here, there is a cross a set, a cross section. This center section of my little fingers here. That center section, that is stuff that both friends Sierra would enjoy in their own time and the party would also enjoy. So there are plenty of things that you could put in that space. I mean it sound you've named a few. You've named a few. Yes, it's 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 but decent. Dude, I alcohol. honestly think a bottle of wine to me is a weird thing to bring to an afternoon party. Unless it's rosé. A bottle of red wine a, is a weird thing. Yeah, it's but a, weird a bottle thing. of rosé is not a weird thing. Bottle a bottle of champagne. Of, a bottle of red wine, dude, looks like you fucking threw it in your stick with a bandana on the end of it as you ran out of your apartment. You just grabbed it. <laughs> it's like the le it can come off as like the least possible thoughtful thing. 
I just, it, like the Venn diagram, there just aren't that many options. Like I, I understand in the ideal scenario, bring something that's good for the party that's also good for the Fran and Sierra. Yeah. But like it seems hard, like it's difficult to do. Okay, a dessert, that's always a good one. Bring a pie. Agreed. That's a good one. That's a good one. Bring us a pie. Um, weed, would for me, would always be a nice treat. Bring, okay. bring marijuana to the party. Um, yeah, I mean that, that, that you know it, it's just it's just so much better to me than the most basic because we're going if there's enough people we're going to have too much we're likely going to have too much white claw corona that kind of thing. Well, dude, next time that happens, I'll be sure to ask what I can take with me, even if I didn't bring it. Bottle, <laughs> like, dude, a nice bottle of tequila. Nice bottle of tequila. Yeah, that's, that's on the one. money. That's always uh, on there. mezcal, even yeah. whiskey. You know, but not not scotch. I think scotch. When you bring scotch <laughs> to a party, you're you're really shooting with a sniper rifle. So, guys, anybody who ever gets you're invited like, to Francis's party, be yeah. prepared to be stressed the second you get that invite. <laughs> if you bring scotch to our party. You you better know that that you better have it some of it yourself. You better be a big Scotch guy, and you better also know that there are probably two or three other guys there at most who like Scotch, and you better find them to give some of your Scotch to because we don't have enough cabinet space for all these ridiculous jugs of Johnny Walker Black Label, <laughs> which in theory sounds like a n- nice gift, but you know. I don't work in the advertising industry. I'm not a scotch guy. You know, this isn't a Christmas party for like Mad Men. <laughs> Dude, Jesus Christ. Bro. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Thank okay, you. That's my rant. Heard loud and clear. Are you mad? Are you mad that I about this? Did I? No, of course not. Because you guys always bring nice things. Dude, I'm not mad. I'm just, I, it seems like crazy criteria to like, and I know you're just saying it for pod discussion and that you don't actually care. Oh, I care. But yeah, exactly. It's like, dude, when did this just... <laughs> he knew that I cared. Coming he was over, trying to lend me a, a, an olive branch. Coming over Francis's, all of a sudden becoming this stressful fucking no, thing. No, no. I, I feel like I've spelled it out and I've given really good options. It's not that hard, you know? Look, my point is, I had to rearrange our entire, like, pantry and, and, and also our, like, laundry machine where we keep you know, extra shit, just a storage nonsense area in order to make room for all this extra shit. Dude, good. You just don't have to buy more shit. It's awesome. Throw it. Who cares? It took you 10 minutes to do a little reorg and now you don't got to go buy claws. I'm on a, I'm on a small step ladder, a one step step ladder, <laughs> which isn't even a step ladder. That's just a, a stool or something. I'm on there, you know, pushing things around, sweating, to, to make space for... You have a pencil in your ear marking off yeah, the inventory? Just these cursory uh, sort of um, gift check the box. We've bought our 12-pack of Corona for this party. How <laughs> much corona, room temperature? Because now we're going to have to cool it before yeah. the next party. That's a laborious gift. <laughs> Francis, what would you bring to a party? I would think about the couple or the people whose house we were going to, and I would I would find that center set of the Venn diagram. I know the type of people that are going to this party. I know the the best. You know you've nailed the gift for the party when the gift is finished at the party, and the host had some. That is that's the holy that grail. is the holy grail it's that's holy your venn grail. diagram right there. the venn diagram you can throw out the bot dude when someone Bullseye. brings a gift for a party and we throw out the bottle before the end of the party i'm like those people are welcome anytime <laughs> they can sleep here okay that's it um all right dude fucking <laughs> i don't know your thinking word fucking in, uh... um dude that's just like really it's stiff criteria that's like and the thing that's beautiful about this is that no one would ever know that you have these expectations. I still don't even know if you actually do. I don't know if I do. I still either. think you're fucking around. Because it's just it's insane, dude. I like to tur- It's like you're having like a party because you like want to have a party. I like to turn up Francis. I like to turn him yeah. up a little sometimes. You'd rather you're having a party. You've you've create you've cultivated and and what's the word? You've commissioned this beautiful outdoor space in your apartment for the purpose of having guests. Because yeah. you'd rather have people here than go to theirs. 
How can you make it so that your home is your spot? So I have trouble believing that you actually care this much about. Um, well, I don't. I don't necessarily. You're, you're right. Uh, and by the way, I thought you were about to do an ad read somehow. Like you have this wonderful space, but what what could you use? Um, no, but um, I was going to say that uh, you know it's it's definitely like even if someone brought a really nice bag of coffee. <laughs> that would be a really good gift. That would really, and I'm not doing an ad read. I mean, we can, but that's. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, something that's that's really usable. Yeah, dude, totally. I I understand and I accept that as hosting parties, often we will have a ridiculous surplus of the most basic party supplies. Correct. Yes. I'm trying to think about you know when 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 Jesus was born. <laughs> and the three kings came with their frankincense and myrrh. I mean, imagine how many like Corona equivalents he was given. <laughs> and they didn't make it into the story. Yeah, exactly. Imagine how many of those peasants brought like bales of hay. <laughs> Jesus and his parents were like, man, we're never going to get through all this hay. We can't find space for all these ridiculous bales of hay. And those people did not make it into the nativity scene. Yeah. Just how many fishermen brought fish. And it's like, well, we don't even have a freezer. We can't possibly eat all this fish in time. You just end up with a lot of shit on your hands. Dude, that's really funny, bro. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you guys no noticed this, but we, we had talked about a game called Switchcraft. Ooh. On the last, uh, dude, on the last episode. How far are you now? Dude, I'm going to pull it up right now. I have become actually obsessed with this game. I'm going to turn it to the screen so you can see that I'm not lying. Uh, I believe I'm on, I'm on level 151. Oh my God. <laughs> Read and weep. But dude, this game, so it's like a traditional kind of like match three game that also has this sort of like graphic novel attached to it that takes place at this sort of like witch school and dude, I am fucking obsessed. I can't wait to see what happened. It's about our girl Bailey, Bailey, whose friend Lydia has gone missing, and they're trying to find her. So every time you beat a level or two, you get these credits that allow you to propel the story forward. I'm having a blast. So check out Switchcraft. Love it. It's hilarious and fun and a good time. Cool. Um, dude, speaking of mystery stuff, I watched Dune last night. Oh. I believe it came out last night, and I didn't realize that Dune... Is actually sort of the inspiration for all modern yeah, kind of like Star Wars space fantasy yeah. shit. But I got to be honest, dude, I didn't really like it that much. No, nope. I, I didn't enjoy it. Uh, not because of Timothy Chalamet. Timothy I know Chalamet. everybody's going to. But first of all, dude, if you're t if you're in a, a story that involves some kind of like abstract plot that takes place at who knows when everybody in it should just have a British accent. We know Timothy Chalamet can do it. Oh, yeah. Why is he like, yeah, let's go back to the ship? Like, that's weird, dude. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> that's, that's what's happening in this movie, bro. Hillary immediately called it out, and it's so true. Like, And not to mention, man, like, <laughs> I know Dune has been recreated many times. I know the movie, I believe the movie Dune, I think there was like a miniseries. I don't know. I just know that it's been made a bunch of times. And I don't know if like you need to have some, some pre-existing knowledge to understand what the fuck is going on. Because I know about the giant worm, but like the amount of, of references that I just completely didn't understand and how insane they were. Like you could, he's a schnashilda. Mm. Like, it's just, what the fuck is that dude? And like, you're constantly learning about characters and references and languages and il shatra. Yeah. Like it's so fucking stupid. Dude. Well, it's based on a, a, what was, you know, a, a, a sort of genre defining uh, right. sci-fi book. And I know that book, right? From in 19 in the sixties. Yeah. Yeah. And it's another classic example like game of Thrones or probably you know the, the lord of the rings stuff where these books are long and how do you condense a world that was built across hundreds of pages into a two to three hour movie totally and to teach everyone it's a 700 page plus book yeah exactly so um, uh dude it, it's funny you say that because mad max fury road did the same thing for me the first time i saw it i was like what the hell yeah is going on here what is this world they've dropped us into with no uh reasoning behind any of this weird language i don't understand yeah. this 
And I watch the more times you watch it, the more you kind of just accept um, the the stuff you don't understand. It and takes some training. It. Yeah, totally, dude. So, and I get like the thing. Okay, first of all, I was like, wow, it's incredible how much Star Wars just literally took things out of this movie. Interesting. Like, desert yeah. worms, desert people. Mm-hmm. These like different. Yeah. Like you know what I mean? It's fucking bullshit. Mm. Um, and I will say that those kind of movies definitely are better these days than they used to be because of how good CGI and shit true, are. True. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. uh, even, dude, a show like Quantum Leap would be so good today. It was so stupid in the 90s, like time travel. But like, think about how good Interstellar of a movie, how good of a movie yeah. that was. Sci-fi is great. And the fantasy element can be great too. And I will say that the whole time you're watching Dune, you're excited to see that iconic worm actually come out of the ground and it does not disappoint okay the scale with which they are able to kind of make these ships look gigantic to be honest i haven't seen anything like it since like do you ever see the original dracula no dude the way that they capture scale in the original dracula i think bella lugosi i believe was him it got it had to be from like 1930 something uh they make his house look so huge like that's cool to me. Yeah. They do that well in this Dune, so I'm not trying to just... I know everyone just thinks I hate Timothy Chalamet. I really don't. Did t- Hillary wink at me the second he came on the stage? Yes. Did it make me extremely <laughs> upset? Of course. But he's extremely talented, and I would never take it away from him, and I love to be friends with him, and I think he's dope. So, like, I'm just being a hater, and I'm checking myself. We gotta get him on the pod. Somehow. We gotta get him on the pod, dude. He is really cool. He's cool as fuck. You know, those kids who grew up in New York City and went to like Beacon or LaGuardia. Yeah. The art art schools and then just kept kept going. Totally. The other one is um, Ansel Elgort. Oh, really? Yeah, he's a New York kid. I didn't know that. Uh, that Lucas Hedges. I believe. St. Anne's uh, kid. I tutored him. Adrian Brody. Less notable, I guess, these days, but he famously kissed Halle Berry on yeah, the lips when he yeah, accepted yeah. his Oscar. Yeah. Uh, the, the Pianist. Yeah, yeah great movie. Was, what a great movie. If you don't mind being devastated for the rest of the day, watch yeah, that one. Pretty much. It's a really good one. Um, but these, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I, I, I really like Chalamet. And the reason I like Chalamet is because of that movie about, um, I think it's called The King. Yeah. Yeah. You were talking about that. about that one. Yeah. That, that movie changed my perspective of him completely um anyway dude it's also funny too because you know how in those kind of futuristic things like they have to wear something so the thing they're wearing could potentially look like something else and it literally looked like at one point they just snatched him from the set of little women and dropped him on this desert planet Uh, it's like the exact it's just like a tunic yeah it's wearing a tunic old school british fucking outfit dude well he's probably pretty hot and you know if i bet bet there were days where old timmy c was probably a little uncomfortable on set but he would have been a lot more comfortable if they'd given him some some bird dogs to wear that's for sure that's for damn sure they should have dropped him in the desert wearing those bird d's yeah if i know timmy c's ability to perspire and cool his own body as well as i think i do Who would have been a lot happier with a pair of old bird dogs on? Even with his little thigh gap that yeah. he inevitably must have. He's got some twigs down He's there. He's got some twigs. Yeah. Um, we love bird dogs. I'm wearing them right now. The <laughs> pants, the joggers, it's the it's the outfit of fall. They are the most comfortable pants I ever have had in my life. Um, go to birddogs.com. Use promo code OOPS. You will get a whistling football. Dude, speaking of which, I had a, a we, I wanna, I'm going to talk about this on the next episode, but one of my boys brought the bird dogs vortex with him to this event oh fun i know that's cool and he was yeah. tossing it around is my boy Izzo? so you can be like Izzo. you'll get that vortex football uh type deal with your pair of bird dogs that you order promo code oops birddogs.com. get them today dude we gotta get a pair of these on chalamet dude yeah that's i feel cool. like when you're boys with them you call him chalamet you're like chalamet's coming dude yeah sick i like Jimmy. sick dude he's a man um dude, what do you say we do an email Oh, I like the sound of that. A motherfucking email. Yes. Um, okay. This, I, this one, we, we weren't sure if we wanted to read it, but I think there's something kind of funny here. It's also funny, too. This is how this email starts. Hey, Julius and Francisco, hmm. you know that this guy could be a little bit of a... Of a Turkey, <laughs> not, as you say. Not, not, not even, just a little bit of a troublemaker. Oh. Hey there, Julius and Francisco. All right, pal, <laughs> let's see what you got. Love the pod. I'm a semi-new listener, so I'm not sure if you guys have covered my question on the pod yet. With November just around the corner, the infamous No Nut November brings in winter's tiding. Oh, boy. 
my question to you both is, do you take part or is it more of a young man's game now? (laughs) I've noticed in my early 20s, uh, I noticed in my early 20s, I'll be 30 next year, practicing abstinence was more of a machismo flex to prove to your peers that you had the better willpower to do what they could not. Could it be a man's competitive nature that pushes us to accept this challenge? Let me know what you guys think. Um, Oh, sorry. As a follow-up, would you say it's easier to practice when you're single than when you're in a relationship or vice versa? So is is the rule that it it you just can't masturbate for the month, but you're allowed to have sex? I don't actually know. And I, I was actually curious because I never gave No Nut November at the time of day. Yeah, I don't give a shit. But people have regularly brought it up to me for probably a decade now. So I'm actually curious how many people actually participate in it and why. It's odd. It's an odd thing. Because I know people who, who tell me that they will purposely not masturbate for a while because they feel more manly when they don't. Well, I remember... They have this drive school, to like, kill. Football players would not not do any... You know, They would not masturbate or anything like that leading up to a big game because it would make them more angry and ferocious. And they say that boxers, too, are supposed to not while they're training for a yeah. fight. But, dude, that I've never found that to affect anything in my life positively or negatively except maybe for a brief moment the urge to do it again (laughs) for an hour (laughs) and then i just go back to living my exact life i lived before look here's my point if (laughs) if boxers and football players are abstaining from ejaculating as a way of turning themselves into (laughs) you know angry machines that will run through a wall (laughs) i am trying to be the exact opposite of that in my life serenity mindfulness these are the goals that i aim for and if that means i need to ejaculate as much as possible i accept yeah (laughs) we encourage our listeners here to participate in nut november yeah nut as many times as you can yeah, frequently frequently <laughs> and early and often um, it's good for you prevents prostate cancer does it they say that a healthy relationship with ejaculating prevents prostate cancer Fair enough. i have the rules oh what are the, what are the rules young ryan has so the, rules. the official rules for no nut november are you cannot have sex masturbate or nut in any way shape or form watching pornography or getting a boner is <laughs> Not allowed. <laughs> what? No, they are allowed. Oh, they are That's allowed. That's allowed, but you can't nut. And then you're allowed one wet dream. If you have a second <laughs> wet dream, you're out. <laughs> How on That's earth so do we enforce this without the honor system being the only way? Imagine me telling a referee? my fiance, sorry, babe, we can't have sex this month. <laughs> I'm participating in No Nut November. <laughs> She'd be like, what was that for? Are you raising money for something? <laughs> Is this like a, a, a 5K where you take donations for every walkathon or something? No, it's just for me. Oh, dude, just no, for- not November for charity. I've, that should be a thing, and somehow it's, I've never heard that. Uh, it's be, dude, it's because it's too stupid of a challenge to ever also, reach the charity phase. It's disgusting. You know, I like mean, cutting your hair for charity. That makes sense. Yeah. The mustache, even. At least that's some kind of showing of solidarity. Right. Dude, I have a nut for cancer, dude. Yeah, I'm dude. right. I guess that would at least make sense for cancer. Yeah. Ugh. Dude, hilarious. Anyway. Uh, we're Oops the Podcast, everybody. We've got our live show coming up December 1st. That's sold out. sold out very quickly. Uh, and we have added a second show, December 7th, at City Winery. Get those tickets. They may already be sold out. But if they haven't, get some. Go to FrancisSells.com. Go to the Oops, Pod, uh, Oops the Podcast Instagram link. Go to Julio's website. It's in his bio on his Instagram. All these places are where you can find tickets to that show um we're gonna keep adding uh live shows we're excited about this and if you guys you know if if you are super like want us in your city like let us know let us know comment on our instagram posts or comment on our youtube channel what cities you want us to come to we're trying to like figure yeah, it all out. we'll see it we'll see it for sure uh, this weekend i am in richmond virginia at sandman comedy club i hope to see some of you there Go to FrancisEllis.com slash shows or just FrancisEllis.com. You'll see it. Tickets to that available there. 
And guys, my New York Comedy Festival show, there's still a couple tickets left. Um, it's going to be really, uh, really fun. Stand up. We're going to screen some of my Rwanda videos. We're going to do Q&A discussion with the guys. And there are also streaming tickets to that. So if you want to just tune in or even just support the event, uh, those are all under the same ticket link also in my bio. Okay, so we're also uploading YouTube videos. What's the scoop on this again? Oh, yeah. So we're going to start putting out more content on our YouTube channel uh, besides just the podcast stuff. So if you're already watching the pod on YouTube, uh, enjoy that. But also, if you want to go check out some of these videos, uh, we'll be sharing links Subscribe, and stuff. Subscribe, like, all that nonsense. All that good uh, shit. We love you. Send emails to oopspodcast.gmail.com and we'll see you next Thursday.